Buona si fiwe. Well, it is just a delight to be with you and um, especially to be with people who have been and experienced Kenya with us. You know, it's really a thrill and it's and a delight to be with Con, Colin and his mum and uh, Jenny. Uh, they're just such special friends and we've got so many memories. We don't have time to go through all those memories, but but God has been good and, and thank you. Whatever your name is, <laughs> you have stood by us all these years, and I just honour you and thank you for your support. Even I see so many different. Fa- I think I've seen about half a dozen people I know, Don, but it must be four years or so since we've been here. So it's just a delight to be back with you. Um, in Kenya tradition, we would say greetings, greetings to you from Kenya, from those who are, are recipients of your uh, of your kind hearts. Thank you so much. God bless you. I take your greetings back. I assume. Am I assuming right? Okay, cool. Good. Um, praise God. We've we've got four major areas that we are. are Focusing on in our, our work in, in Kenya, in Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, the first one, we'll be seeing a, a video shortly uh, of or some slides of what, what we've been doing. We've got to go back to the old slides, yeah? Missionaries. Um, uh, and uh, so the first one uh, is the farm, the rehabilitation farm for former street boys. We, we, Robin will share more about that. Our second major focus is the work that I do, the training of children's workers. Then we also have a sponsorship program or a child assistance program helping children to go to school. And now we're on to, we've got grandchildren from that from that program and we've seen um, children lifted out of um, Kibera slum and doing great things for God. And, and doing even sponsorship programs themselves. So God is really good. The other, the last one is what we call touch of family, where we have families in crisis, mostly in Kibera slum, where we just go and we take food to them, we pray with them, we may help them with medical or funeral expenses, and we just, we just know that God is using us and the people that, that give for that. On to my um, training for children's workers. We, we've got five, five um, teams throughout Kenya, and all of, each of those teams have about eight trainers of children's workers. So God is doing amazing. It's just beyond my, my um, ability, in fact. What gives me pain is when I go to a church and the children have been chased away because the, the pastors don't read the whole Bible. Yeah? The Bible says, let the children come to me. But they chase, they shut the doors. They, they chase the children away. They don't have children's work, um, ministry set up. They don't, understand, they don't understand the value of children, how important it is to train um, their children workers. Uh, another thing that gives me pain is when the, uh, uh, um, we, we set up a Sunday school teacher training and even though the, the cost for them is minimal because it's subsidised by people like you, they, the teachers still can't come. 
The churches don't understand that, that their teachers need skills, they need tools to help them to reach the children for Jesus. Another thing that gives me pain is when I see a child bloodied in the face because her dad, although he says he loves her, he doesn't know how to love her and he's beaten her and his mama up. These things give me pain. Or in, in Kenya, we, they say, this pains me. But on the other side, what gives me so much joy is when I go to a church, I went to a church earlier this year. Last year, we had trained their teachers. We trained 27 of their teachers, and they'd had 60 children. When I went back, they had to build a tent because they had 180 children, just because of the training. Uh, what gives me joy is... is um, seeing a young father who comes to the training and says to me, this training has helped me in my family. It's helped me to show love to my children. And even more joy is when that same person comes to me and says, I want to be trained to train others, to help others, uh, other um, teachers and, and um, families uh, know what it's like to bring your children up in a godly way. Uh, we, we are starting, we're, we're in the process of starting a family's ministry uh, to take some of our trainers to, to go into to churches and communities to, to, um, to minister uh, and train uh, parents up in the way, ways of lift, lifting their children up to Jesus. One pastor, a uh, children's pastor, I met with her just a few weeks before I came this time, and she said, you trained 22 of our people last year. 11 of them were students. They had um, they'd either just left school or were in, in college. Seven of them were looking for jobs. She said, you, your training changed them on the inside. And she said, now they... They, the 11 of them were not actually teaching children at that time, but they started teaching in their Saturday club, an, an outreach club that brings in children from the community. And seven of those young people now have jobs. Another thing that gives me joy is when the PCEA moderator comes to me and says, I have 100 children's workers. I want you to train them because not only do we need them trained for our church, we need them to go into the schools and uh, reach, um, re reach the children in the schools. It's like a Bible in schools program. Another thing that gives me joy is when my team leaders catch the vision to mentor other teachers. So right this, this last week, we had a short training in Mombasa. The team leader uh, and her three trainers trained four more people as they, you know, just walking alongside them to, to train the others. It's such, it's such a thrill. Another thing that gives me, me joy is when, uh, when our teachers come back with reports how they have taught on, we have a prayer module in our training. They've taught the children on prayer and the children have been filled with the Holy Spirit and praying for needs in, the, in, the, in tongues and in the Spirit. It's just, it just, thrills me that children are going on for God. Uh, right now, this weekend, I've got WhatsApp. It's an, an amazing...
amazing tool. We had four trainings this last week, and the, the, teach, the trainers have all sent me photos of what's happening there. It's just, wow, I'm here in New Zealand, and the training is continuing there. Uh, I talked to one young man last night. He said, oh, we've got an advocacy tomorrow. We're going going to Ongadarongai, we've got a, a, an advocacy with the Pastors Fellowship to teach them about the value of children. God has given us such a vision, it's beyond my capabilities, beyond what I can ever imagine, but I know that it's his vision and only he can fulfill what God has, what he wants to do in Kenya. Debbie has a presentation of our work. Thank you, Debbie. Well, great to be with you. Um, I want to tell a story about one of the young men that came to our farm. He came from the slums of Nairobi and um, I want to take you through some of the processes that God worked in his life and tie it in with your life. The young man's name is Davis. Now, at the farm, you know, I was a butcher by trade when I, when I, uh, before God called me into ministry. And when, one of the things I've taught the boys to make is to chop up pigs, but also to make sausage and bacon. But when you're making bacon, there is one ingredient that I will not allow the boys to add. What do you think that would be? Salt. Yeah, you can have a little bit extra sugar. Somebody said sugar. But salt, a little bit too much, and it spoils it. A little bit less, and it has no flavor. The Bible says this. You are the salt of the earth, but... If the salt loses its taste, its strength, its quality, how can its saltiness be restored? It is not good for anything any longer, but is to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by men. How salty are you? What are the functions of salt? I, there's many functions, but I want us to go through a few functions of salt. Number one, salt heals. How many of you, when you get a sore throat, just take a little bit of warm water and some salt and have a gargle? See, salt is a healing agent. And you, as salt of the earth, are to be a healing agent. Davis, this young man that uh, you saw his picture, uh, life had not been easy for him. When he finally came to the Lord, he had so many hurts of the past, so many times that life had kicked him in the teeth. It took time for God to bring healing to him. And we as salt of the earth are to create healing environments. We are to be healing agents to others. We're the salt of the earth. We can lay hands on the sick and bring healing. We know Jesus is a healer, but he's also called us to be healing agents. Number two, salt stings. Myself as a butcher, uh, when I was working as a butcher, you can't help but just get a little nick on your hand. Thank goodness I had no serious cuts. 
um, but you can't help but just get a little scratch on your hand or a bone scratch on your hand. And you, some of them, you don't even notice them. But when you go to get the corned beef from the brine tub, you put your hand in that tub of salty water and my, oh my, you know that you've got a little scratch, a little nick on your hand. Salt stings. Davis, this young man, when he came to the farm, before he came, he had not even entered a church door. And then he, when he was young, his uh, mum died. His father then did not even want him. He rejected him, said, I don't want you anymore. His auntie took him in. His auntie said, I don't want you, but I'll look after you. Well, it was a kind of a looking after because she would feed her children and give Davis the leftovers. Now, slum dwellers' leftovers are not very much and not very appetizing. She would struggle to get her, her kids' school fees paid, so she would send her own children to school. Davis never went to school. She told Davis, I wish you weren't here. You're a burden. So Davis ended up running away and living on the streets before our social workers contacted him and got him to our rehabilitation farm. On the streets, he lived by his normal profession was mugging ladies, pushing them over and stealing their mobile phones or their handbags. You know, Max Licardo says this, God loves you the way you are, but he loves you so much to leave you that way. Are you salty to your friends? We should have a bit of sting as salt of the earth. Do you let your friends go astray and you sit back and be quiet? Or do you speak into their lives? I don't mean preach to them every day. But are you bringing correction? Are you speaking into people's lives and trying to get them in the right way? Salt should have some sting. Colossians 4, 6 says this in the Amplified Bible. Let your speech at all times be gracious, pleasant, winsome, seasoned as it were with salt, so that it may never be at a loss to know how you ought to answer anybody. The Message Bible says the goal is to bring out the best in others in conversation, not putting them down, not cutting them out. Do you help other people reach the next level because you are the salt of the earth. Number three, salt is a stain remover. Yes, we know that if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But I'm talking about you, salt of the earth. You should be a stain remover. What happens if your grandkids or your kids have been playing and they ha have a nice orange Fanta or a nice grape juice and pour it on the carpet. The best thing to do is get salt and pour it on that stain and salt absorbs that stain and will remove all of it or at least 95%. And it's then, if it doesn't remove it all, you go and get the commercial cleaning fluids to do the rest. Salt is a stain remover. 
Davis, this young man, he was resistant to the gospel when he came to the farm. However, one night, they had a movie night about Jesus' return. And the, 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 the young guy sat and watched the movie. At the end of the movie, the, the boys, one by one, went off heading to their dorm. But Davis, this young man, just sat staring at the screen, not moving. He sat there for about 10 minutes, and uh, we always have one of our staff observing the boys because they're uh, from troubled backgrounds. And he, our counsellor was there, and he was just sitting at the back of the um, rec hall, just observing. And after about 10 minutes, Davis cried out, Chalo, Chalo. So the counsellor went down and sat beside him, and then he led him to the Lord. He said, Davis said, if Jesus came back, I would not be with him. He got a revelation. See, we are to be stain removers. We are to allow Jesus to work through us to change people around us. You know, salt doesn't shout out, hey, I'm Billy Graham, I've come to change the world. Or whoever he might be, Billy Graham's in heaven, but whoever he might be. Salt quietly transforms and removes stains, removes, number four, removes blockages. Stay, uh, salt removes blockages. I live in a city of Nairobi, t uh, roughly 10 million people. The, the pollution on motor vehicles is not controlled. You've got trucks going down the road and buses going down the road where they're belching out so much smoke you can't even pass them uh, because you can't see down the road past all the smoke. And I get an allergy from all that pollution. And you know, one of the best ways to deal with uh, nasal blockages is saline solution, salt solution, uh, you spray in your nose and it removes blockages. Davis, at the farm, started to change. You know, what we do at our farm is we train the boys in basic education. We give them counselling, group counselling and uh, individual counselling. We give them discipleship and we train them in agriculture. We get... We have 73% youth unemployment in Kenya, and yet of our graduates, 100% of them get jobs. But we don't push the boys to change. We create an environment for them to come under the presence of God and to come into worship and come under the word of God, plus the practical things. And because we, we have them for two years, and God brings change. And that's what happened. You know, Davis was, had re, problems with rejection and with anger. But as he was in that presence, then those blockages started to be removed. Are people around you, are there blockages being removed by your presence? The people in the classrooms around you, the people in the offices around you, the factories around you, are they being changed by you being salt of the earth? Because that is God's plan for you. 
Number five, salt makes you thirsty. Now, none of you would have ever experienced this, but you know, I, I, before I was saved, I used to play rugby, and we know that with rugby goes beer. And you know, the barmans of New Zealand know a trick. They put peanuts on the bar. And then with those peanuts, they're nice and salty. I think they add more salt than the commercial peanuts. And when you take a handful of peanuts, oh, you need a beer. And then you take another nibble and you need another beer, right? Well, of course, none of you would have ever experienced that like me. But, <laughs> but salt makes you thirsty. Davis, as God started to change his life, he learned to play the guitar. And he would go into the rec hall and just start singing and worshipping the Lord. But as he would do this, guys would come and sit around him and start to uh, worship alongside him. See, when we're salt of the earth, we should be making people around us thirsty. For we are the salt of the earth. Number five, salt and sacrifices. In the Old Testament, they used to add uh, salt to the sacrifices. And it was a demonstration of their covenant with God. Now what we do, we, we live in a mega city and we have mega churches in Nairobi. But in Kenya, there is more than 20 unreached people's groups. We want our young men at the farm to go and see what the poor, but also the unsaved are like. And the Assemblies of God has started a mission station in a remote area, reaching, reaching Muslims for Christ through education and through agriculture. And because our guys a study agriculture, they went out to this mission station and started training, uh, started, they went for two weeks on a missions trip to start having input into these Muslims. And they, they did such a great job, the, the people on the mission station phoned us up and said, look, can these guys stay another week because they are making such a difference. When Davis came back from that trip, he came back and said, I think God has got a call on my life to reach the Muslims, the unreached of Kenya for Christ. And of course, we're excited about that because we're all, all in favor of missions, all in favor of God's transforming communities. And so we started to talk to Davis about getting involved in, in uh, um, ministry to Muslims. It came close to his graduation time, his two years at the farm. And there, um, just before this time, a pastor down the road saw the potential in this young man and said, look, if you will come and be my youth leader, I will pay you and give you free accommodation. Now, here was a young man that had never had a home of his own, never had a salary, and he was very tempted. So he went and took this position as a youth leader. But after a short period of time, uh, our colleagues started to get some texts. I'm not sure, I'm doing good at what I'm doing, but I'm not sure I'm in the right place. Then a little bit later, another one. 
oh, I still wonder about the Muslims that are lost. Another one, oh, I don't know if I'm in the right place. I had a dream of winning a Muslim for Christ. Then a few days later, I had that same dream of winning Muslims for Christ. I think I am like Jonah. I've gone in the wrong direction. So he came back to the farm and we prepared him. And he went into that mission station. And now he is working with these Muslim students, winning them for Christ. See, we are the salt of the earth. And when there's sacrifices, it's not always easy being a Christian, but sometimes we have to sacrifice our time, our money, our location, our comfort to bring transformation to others because we are the salt of the earth. Number seven, salt in dung. In parts of Africa, where there is no firewood and there is salt in the ground, they take the animal dung and mix salt in with the animal dung. And when they put the salt in the animal dung, what happens? The dung burns for longer and burns brighter. Now, the boys we, we deal with, they are called chogara, which means rubbish. I am taking boys that society considers rubbish and seeing them set on fire for God and being transformed. We, as the salt of the earth, are to mix with the rubbish, are to mix with the S-H-I-T of the world and bring transformation. Present them with the gospel, set them on fire for God, and let me tell you, when they are on fire for God, they'll burn brighter even than we do that know the Lord. That is our calling. That is our destiny as a church, to transform our community, to transform our classrooms, to transform the people we're living with. Let us set Whangarei on fire for Jesus. Because salt transforms. We are a transform agent. We are a preservative Salt is a preservative. Let me tell you something about uh, food processing. It takes 5% salt to transform mincemeat into salami. Right? Now, people worry about New Zealand. People say, oh, but, you know, the number of people going to church is going down in this country. Well, let me tell you, the Bible Society has just done a survey. It says 17% of the population of New Zealand still go to church. That has not changed since I left for Africa almost 35 years ago. The number of people that say they're Christians has gone down. The number of people going to church is the same. Now, we know in that 17% there are a few that are not born again. But there are others that don't go to church that are born again, so it's around 17%. If it takes 5% salt to trans be a transforming agent with meat, we only need 5% population to transform this nation and transform the world. We are not 5%. We are 17%. We can take this nation for Jesus. 
Amen? With God, we are the majority. With God, we are the salt. With God, we can transform. You are a transformation agent. You are a preservative to keep this nation on the right track. Don't look to Parliament to do it. We are the answer to this land. We are called to be transformation agents. Father God, I thank you for these precious people. I thank you that this church has stood by us for years and years and years and helped us financially, helped us in prayer. And Lord, I pray you'll return to them. You will return that saltiness to those of us that have lost this thing. Father God, just breathe upon us, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, now is the time to come and accept Christ and become part of the answer, part of the salt of the earth, part of being a transformation agent. Let us stand and we're going to start to worship. The worship team can come back. But if you don't know Christ as your Savior, I want you to come forward. Also, I think that God wants to touch some people physically here today. God gave me a word. There is somebody here that, that, ha- that, that uh, got uh, into an accident with a tractor. An accident with a tractor. And God is going to touch them and heal them today. There's somebody else that has got uh, metal placed in them through surgery. And that has been giving them pain. God wants to touch them and bring healing today. And there's somebody else that gets stabbing pains in the, in the back of the neck. Just, it just comes as if somebody has stabbed you with a knife. God wants to bring healing today. As we begin to worship, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, please come forward. We'd be glad to pray with you. And God will start you on an adventure of life. Knowing Him is great fun. So please, we'll hand over to Pastor Don and the worship team. But please come forward, respond. And anybody else that needs a touch from God to get that salt going, to become more salty, or whether you need a physical touch, please come forward. Thank you. Let's have the ministry team.